Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Kylie Camps, and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking, and cultivating more self love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. This is a hot topic. I cannot tell you the amount of times I have been asked to do a podcast or speak about boundaries on Instagram. And I knew that I wanted to have this conversation, but I knew that I needed backup and support and guidance in having this conversation so that it is, I guess, the most impactful that it could be. And the topic is boundaries. And in particular, we speak about interpersonal boundaries, so your relationships, and also with your in-laws. As I said, hot topic. So, of course, I had to invite my friend Libby Quinn in for this episode, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Libby. I'm sure that you're very, very familiar with her, and I'll do that in just a second. Before I start raving about Libby... I'm going to take a minute to tell you about an extra special offer that Esme have shared with you. So occasionally I will get an Esme discount code and when I do, it is a big deal. I have so many people message me and say, thank you so much for that code because 10%, 15% off. It makes a big difference when it comes to purchasing skincare items. And so this offer today is an even bigger deal, in my humble opinion, because it is a huge saving. It is the Esme Your Essentials Bundle. Now in this bundle, you get your choice of cleanser and two skin treats for $129. So you are saving over $50. It's a really, really exceptional offer. And I love that you get to customize it to what feels right for you and your skincare. Now, when it comes to Esme, if you're unsure what the right fit is for you, definitely, definitely take advantage of their amazing customer service. Speak with one of their skincare experts and get the right skincare prescription for you. I love, love, love the Blue Skin Treat, which is the Hyaluronic Serum. It is so hydrating. That's one of my top ones. And then my next favorite skin treat, well, truthfully, I go between the two with what one's my favorite. But ever since I began using Esme, the 24 Karat Gold Nourishing Oil has been right up there. It is so luxurious. It is so soft on your skin. It smells incredible. And I feel like that is one of the secrets for getting the most glow onto your skin. Now, of course, everyone is different. I tend to be a little more on the dry side when it comes to skincare. So that's why I suggest doing a little bit of due diligence because investing in skincare can be a big deal. I'm right there with you. So speak with Esme about what the right products are for your particular skin type And then you can cultivate, you can create your essentials bundle and take advantage of that huge, huge savings. Get yourself a cleanser. They have a variety of cleansers from the uncomplicated, which is just your super simple, basic, but effective 
cream cleanser from then they have anti-aging they also have anti-redness charcoal so many great products so you can jump over to the esme website and search your essentials bundle or hit the link in the show notes and it will take you straight there so that you can take advantage of that huge savings and take care of the skin that you are in. So that is Esme, spelled E-S-M-I. And as I said, that link will be right in the show notes for you. So let's get stuck into today's episode. And before we dive in, I just want to give you a little bit of scope on who Dr. Libby Quinn is. I'm certain that you've heard from her already if you listen to the podcast regularly. But for those of you who are new here or just a little unfamiliar with the name Libby Quinn, I'll tell you about her. So Libby is a clinical psychologist. She's also the founder of a boutique therapy clinic in northern New South Wales called the Women's Psychology Clinic. Dr. Libby draws on her eight years of university training and 10 years of private practice experience to assist women of all ages to live a more vibrant life. Dr. Libby really truly understands the unique challenges that we face as women in today's society. She's super passionate. You'll hear it in her voice. She loves to help women to strengthen their own resources and learn new evidence-based skills to design their life in a way that optimizes well-being every single day. She is also mum to two young boys. And if you follow Libby on Instagram, which I highly recommend you do because she has amazingly insightful Instagram stories and such supportive content. But if you do already follow her, you will be nodding along going, yep, I know she has great stories. And she really, really shows that she doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. She strives to live a full, healthy, optimal life and lead by example, and also share her vulnerabilities with the community. I always enjoy speaking with Libby, and I think that you will love this conversation as well. So let's get stuck into it. So Dr. Libby, let's get straight into talking about boundaries. Firstly, let's define what is a boundary. Yeah, so a boundary, it's it's largely interpersonal when we're talking about boundaries. So that just simply meaning it exists between us and others. Um, and I feel like the most simple definition of it is it's really where we end and someone else starts. Um, so, yeah, a boundary, you can almost like visualise it like a line. Sometimes it might be rigid. Sometimes it might be flexible. But it's it's a line between us and others and I think it's really about um, also letting people know what is and isn't okay with mm, us. I, I love that definition because when I think of boundary I think of fence but I love that you've said you know at times it can be a straight linear line and at other times yes. it's a little wonky because it's so true it's often not super clear but that's a great way to explain it and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we do need boundaries in all areas of life. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely, Kylie. It's, yeah, as we'll explore in a second, I think boundaries are just essential for truly looking after us. And if we don't have boundaries in our lives, if we struggle to put boundaries in place, which I completely understand, um, then we're really not going to be able to look after our psychological wellness without them. And speaking of psychological wellness, let's just go straight for the jugular. Why, <laughs> why do some of us struggle with putting boundaries into place? Yeah, I think this is such a great question. And I think there's a lot that goes into it. One element, not surprisingly, if we look about the socialization of women, I'm going to speak about women because <laughs> obviously I'm a little biased when it comes to um, supporting women with their psychological wellness. But we know that there has just been a really strong social, cultural influence on how women feel they should be. So we have decades of women being socialised into being giving. And not surprisingly, that sense of giving gets really 
exploited. Um, and if you're a bit of a perfectionist as well, then that can really get amplified into being quite self-sacrificing. So there's this huge, even though we may not be really aware, there's been this um, image out there of kind of the ideal woman. Well, she's really kind, she's giving, she's supportive. Um, and unknowingly, just within our Western culture, we've really soaked that up, whether we're aware of it or not. And so mm. then going, yeah, a more specific level deeper, you know, if we look within our family of origin, as as you can appreciate, Kylie, with our previous <laughs> conversations we've had, um, that's really where we learn so much about how to be in the world, what we feel we need to get, do to get acceptance and love, what we learn about how we need to be in relationships, how other people respond to us. So if we saw our primary caregivers um, not role modelling appropriate boundaries or if they um, kind of overstepped a boundary for us, then again, unknowingly, a lot of that has kind of gone into our subconscious beliefs around how we should be. Mm, in relationships there's just so much conditioning and you said there's decades of it but really there's you know and I know that's just an expression but there's far more than decades of conditioning for us as women and then like you said the concentrated conditioning Mm. that we're just learning really by osmosis which is how we learn as kids and developing Mm. those core beliefs like we've spoken about before it's kind of like a a double whammy isn't it everyone's yes. telling us not to have any resistance surrounding upsetting anyone else and the way you explain boundaries being where we end and someone else begins if we don't want to upset anyone else it's really hard to put that fence there mm, absolutely and that yeah speaks to another point about what why we might struggle with boundaries you know some other factors are um, if we grew up without our needs being adequately met from that social emotional perspective, so if we had a parent that might have had their own physical or mental health conditions and we might have become a bit of that parentified child um, where we just learnt from those direct experiences of my needs don't matter, I need to ensure that everyone else around me is okay. So again, yeah, just so much going into that conditioning and then I think there's other variables that we know if we've had negative life experiences as a child and adolescence where we might have been sexually abused or bullied again there's some really big direct violation of boundaries which um, as much as we might have a psychological response to that if people have violated our boundaries at a young age then we get really confused about what is and isn't appropriate um, and for massive- some just massive erosion isn't there oh such an attack on what's okay and what's not okay absolutely and and like what we're saying you know so much about how we learn about what's appropriate in relationships how we want to be in the world our own self-worth really is developed in those early years so if that gets violated in any way um then we get really confused about what we should expect of others and what is and isn't okay. So not surprisingly, there's also the factors of if we have low self-worth, if we have a sensitive temperament, if we have difficulty with assertiveness um, or if we're a bit adverse to any confrontation, again, you know, wanting to kind of keep the peace. People then please and fly yes, under the radar. people pleasing yeah. is a big one um, that then we learn from a young age, you know, I, we, we don't like discomfort as humans and it can feel uncomfortable to um, see that we're not pleasing someone in any way. So we learn pretty quickly, okay, I need to do whatever it takes to not feel this discomfort of being assertive here, but making sure that this other person is okay. And then, yeah, there's one other element where, again, you might have gotten really reinforced um as a young girl, I'll say, um, for any individual where they might have gotten reinforced for being helpful or giving or good um, and, like, getting those pats uh, on the yes, head. Yes, the, the good girl praise. <laughs> the good girl, the good girl. And she just helps everyone out. She's, she's you know, tries to please everyone no matter what. And so what we find is that that can giving um, and not having firm boundaries can be a strong element of your identity and I think some women have grown up understandably with a bit of confusion around what it means to be kind and altruistic but still have 
firm boundaries and looking after yourself, mm. if that makes sense. Makes total sense. And I'm sure that it's not just either, oh, it's this, you know, option A, option B or option C. It's probably a whole, um, a whole yeah. sort of mix mash of some of those different reasons. And I guess really you can unpack why it is that you struggle, but perhaps mm. more important than the why immediately is to identify when a boundary is needed. Yes, yes, absolutely. How can we know if we need to put a boundary in place? Yeah, and I I think it does start with, as with a lot of things that we're wanting to, um, yeah, maybe improve or change within ourselves, it really starts with awareness. So just being able to have that ability and whether it's grabbing your journal, sit back and reflect on the different relationships in your life. Um, And to just see if there's anything that comes up in terms of where there might be a sense of internal conflict, it's normally a good cue that maybe we're not upholding a boundary or we need to put a boundary in place. Where we might be feeling in certain relationships um, a lot of resistance coming up. Um, So, you know, you might have this conscious thought of, oh, I need to call my mum six times a week. Um, But you might then be having like a, more so like an emotional response underneath or even a physiological response of, oh, I just don't want to. So wherever there's this kind of like internal conflict coming up and particularly I would say if when you think of a particular relationship um, where there's a sense of negativity that comes up like resentment um, mm, that's what I was just going to say. Depletion. Yes. Resent- resentment was right on the tip of my tongue that whole yes. time. I was like, wow, if you feel resentful, that is just your whole system screaming to you, hey, yes. you've made someone else, like you've put someone in that position because you've allowed a boundary yes. to not be enforced. You've not recognised that, you know, it's so important to avoid resentment or to minimise resentment that you actually do have boundaries. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Resentment, frustration, anger um, are all really big clues that you might need to put a boundary up in place. And I would say even going as far as avoidance. So um, if we are adverse to having, you know, difficult conversations or experiencing discomfort in that interpersonal nature, um, some people, and I've definitely been there myself, where you just go let's just go the path of complete avoidance um Mm. because it just feels too uncomfortable to put a reasonable boundary in place with this person um and there's lots of individuals that engage in that where it's just you know they really kind of close off access to these relationships Mm. And so I've heard you use the term gifts before when it comes to all sorts of things, you know, the gifts of motherhood and the Mm. gifts of struggling and things like that. And I just love that. So before we kind of unpack how we can, in fact, articulate and enforce a boundary, I'd love to know, in your opinion, what are some of the gifts of putting boundaries into place? Because if people are feeling that resistance surrounding doing it, I think that we Mm. need to make it really clear that having boundaries, even though we've been kind of conditioned and sold that, you know, we probably shouldn't do that because that makes us difficult or whatever Mm. it is. What are actual some of the gifts and the reasons that it's a great idea to have boundaries? Yeah, I think there are so many gifts to it. Um, You know, what first comes to mind is really by being able to put in place boundaries and maybe having some uncomfortable conversations It's really what can allow us to live a full and authentic life. So I would even argue without being able to put in place adequate boundaries, we're really limiting our life, our happiness, um, our capacity for growth. So having boundaries gives our life and our psychological and physical well-being so much. Um, Yeah, and I just think that, Without being able to do that, we're really not going to be live our, be able to live our most vibrant life. It's what gives us energy. Um, and I think as I've touched on before too, Kylie, it's, it nurtures the relationship we have with ourselves, which I know for many women they struggle to do that because of that propensity to self-sacrifice. Um, but that's where we actually get a strong uh, kind of accumulation of self-worth mm. so would in you its agree truest with- form. 
Would you agree with saying that having boundaries is a pillar of self-esteem? Yeah, I would say I tend not to hang out in the camp of self-esteem too much. Self-love. Definitely self-love, self-compassion. Um, mm-hmm. I would say it's a huge pillar and foundation of a healthy relationship with ourselves. And, yeah, if we're not nurturing that relationship with ourselves, then we're, our, our psychological well-being will be significantly suffering from that. Mm-hmm. So boundaries is a key part, Yeah. I love that. So important. And I'm so tempted to say, let's talk about self-esteem, but I know that we're on a topic today. <laughs> so I'm not even going to open that can. That'll be another day. Okay. Yes. So for the women who are listening and maybe the one random man who has been <laughs> talked into having a listen, how can we articulate a boundary? Mm. Well, I think the main way we tend to articulate a boundary. Like we can definitely, we, we can create boundaries sometimes through nonverbal communication, um, but a lot of it and it's best suited is to verbal communication. And that's really coming down to what I would say is just having clear, calm, assertive communication. Um, and the best kind of method to go by if we were to kind of look at a practical strategy would be so if someone makes a request of me saying Libby can you do this and straight away I might have a full body response um, or maybe I just feel some resistance there I'm like oh you know what I don't really want to do that that doesn't suit me Um, then I would whether it's giving it some time and for some women who haven't been that comfortable with asserting boundaries I would really recommend that if someone makes a request and you might kind of freeze in that moment um, and you may not want to yeah give an answer at that point you can always buy yourself time so to stop the automatic yes which I think so many women do of yeah sure I'll do that yeah that's okay um, because it's just so habitual I would actually really encourage women to start with saying Um, okay, I've heard what you've said and I'll get back to you in 24 hours or I'll get back to you by the end of the day. And that's really important to just kind of interrupt that automatic cycle of a habitual Mm. yes, which um, I'm sure you could appreciate, Kylie, so many women are, are just in that habit. Yeah, just that disruption alone. I mean, it's like any sort of Um, I guess, habit that isn't serving us well. Often if we can just put a bit of a circuit breaker between it, you know, just giving yourself a little bit of time to go away, digest, process, and remind yourself what you're you're trying to honour before committing or declining. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think to start with for some people, just buying yourself some time um, so you can be more conscious with your response. is really helpful and then I would say if you feel comfortable in some situations to just respond straight away it's great if someone makes a request to acknowledge their request and go oh okay I can hear that you've asked me to do x Um, validate their request which simply means we're saying to that person I understand um, why you're making this request so yeah if someone makes a request of me I could say okay I hear that you're asking me to mind your kids this afternoon I know you have a lot on that makes a lot of sense um, that you're needing that help at the moment. And then I would encourage women to go straight into um, just giving a really clear statement of that doesn't suit me. I can't do that. Or, you know, a straight up no. Again, I think a lot of women, um, part of that self-sacrificing and the people pleasing, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves that we feel we have to give an explanation when Mm. we say no. And we don't. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, and sorry, you go. I was also going to say, I imagine too, a lot of people would beat themselves up over the no. So it's easy for us to go, you know, no is a complete sentence. But yes. I know for so many women, it's no and X, then, you know, all the reasons why. And yes. then they're going to beat themselves up over it as well. Yes, exactly. And I think sometimes we can create unnecessary, um, overthinking and it's actually then not empowering if we feel we have to or if we do sorry I should say give like a long laundry list of why we can't do something I think yeah beyond a no I can appreciate that might be a bit uncomfortable to start with we can simply say that doesn't suit me 
And yeah. that's communicating really clearly to this other person that it doesn't suit you. If you want to, sure, you can maybe give an explanation, um, but I would maybe more steer towards the course of action of getting out of that habit of the need to give explanations. Mm, I love that. So for those listening, two really great ways to articulate your boundary, as Libby's saying. Firstly, give yourself some space. You know, say, I'm going to come back to you on that one. And that gives you a bit of time to just check in with yourself and put a circuit breaker in place. And the second one is to realize that you can say, I can't do that. That doesn't suit me. But to also validate the person asking. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And if you are on the other end, if you're someone receiving a boundary, how would you suggest someone warmly <laughs> receives that boundary? <laughs> uh. Yes, that's I, I love this question because, again, um, as much as we might be able to inter- intellectualise and consciously appreciate someone else giving us a boundary, it can feel uncomfortable to receive a boundary, particularly if we're sensitive. We might misinterpret that boundary initially um, as a rejection um, or, or something to that effect. And that's where I think empathy is really powerful in this situation so the more we can try to be in the conscious habit of um yeah what's happening for this other person why are they requesting this then it gives us empathy for their for their requests really we go oh of course they're saying they can't make it to dinner tonight because they've been up all night you know that makes a lot of sense so but as soon as we, um, yeah, we're moving out of that space of empathy, we're going to be, we're going to misinterpret the boundary and potentially get hurt from that. And I think it's important to really thank the other person. I think, again, mm. um, for us being the role model for other women and encouraging that, I think, like, I'm, I'm sure you're the same, Kylie, with your awareness, but I'm really grateful when other women give me boundaries and I know that it can be uncomfortable for them. So I praise the hell out of them (laughs) in terms of just, yeah, like just saying thank you for doing that. And I'm so glad you're honoring yourself. I feel Um, like it's one of the biggest gifts of the friendships that I have now in my thirties, like the last couple of years, I can, I can honestly say hand on my heart 10 years ago, if someone had put a boundary, you know, a female friend had tried to establish a boundary, what I would have heard was an attack on me. Whereas mm. now, and I think it's just the growth that happens through your 20s and, you know, you just, you're such a different, I feel like a completely different person from my early 20s to now in my 30s. When one of my friends establishes a boundary, I do that. I thank them. And I've had it happen countless times in the last couple of months where, you know, I've put something out there and then a friend's come back and said, oh no, and that's their boundary. And then I'll turn around and say, thank you. Like, thank you mm. so much for that. Because that then gives me a safe space and a a sense of permission to know that I have the right to do that within our friendship Mm. as well. And it's such a deep, um, it kind of just removes the conditions that I thought friendship had to have. Mm, Absolutely. It allows for a lot more flexibility and space and and true connection. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I've heard the idea, which I think is, so important for us actually trying to rewire our beliefs under the surface that we might hold about upholding boundaries um, is that if we actually come to view boundaries as it's the ultimate like service of kindness in a relationship because we're actually telling that other person what we need we're not making them guess we're not making Mm. them tiptoe around us we're actually being really kind by being so clear whereas I think we've gotten a little bit confused previously that um, to be kind in our relationships, we need to not uphold boundaries and just give um, and self-sacrifice where, you know, as we said before, that actually gives rise to resentment, can form to, um, you know, disconnection and relationship breakdown. So to to not have boundaries is actually not being kind (laughs) to ourselves or the other person. And I've heard Brene Brown say, "Kind, um, being clear is being kind. And yes. I love that. And sometimes that's one that I'll repeat and I'll remind myself. And it just applies to every single area in life from, you know, romantic relationships to friendships to parenting to 
co-workers if you can be clear it is being it's so much kinder than you know being murky and trying to please people yes exactly and if you think about it from that aspect of um which we can definitely fall into of a bit of like if we're saying yes to someone but we actually want to say a no um that's going to come out in our behavior or our energy at some point we're going to make them the bad guy yes exactly exactly and so if a boundary is continually disregarded so say you've tried like you've really really (laughs) tried you've you've given the I just need some space then I'll come back to that and then you've come back and you've said no and you said no a thousand Mm. times or whatever it is if a boundary is continually disregarded Libby how can we handle that Yeah, I I think this is a great question. I think one thing to understand about boundaries and other people adjusting to this is that it can actually take time. So our brains are wired to stick to what's familiar. Um, We're wired to avoid discomfort. So if we all of a sudden are putting in place a boundary with someone, that to them signifies change. It signifies something that's unfamiliar And for many of our brains, what's unfamiliar, we sense as a threat. So it's appreciating that, yeah, just just to have that understanding of when we're trying to put in place a boundary, this person initially, and it could be this first several times, really might be feeling threatened um, and may not be truly having the empathy that we need and understanding why we're doing it. So it can take, you know, sometimes a good amount of time for someone to truly understand our boundary. But that doesn't mean that um, we can't keep upholding that boundary until they understand. Um, But it's just having that awareness that it might take a little bit for that person to understand. So depending on the context, the relationship, it doesn't mean that we just have to automatically go, oh, oh, you haven't respected my boundary. You haven't heard it. See you later. You're out of my life. Um, You know, we want to have an element of understanding for change. But at the same time, we want to be protecting ourselves And that's where I would say if we've tried to put in place a reasonable boundary, it really hasn't been heard or respected, then we need to go to a higher level of firmness or a stronger boundary. And that might be saying, um, you know, I can sense that you're struggling to accept my boundary here. You're really not understanding it at the moment. Maybe that's going to take some more time for you. Um, But in order to look after myself, I'm, I'm not going to be reaching out to you for the next little while or, you know, whatever that might be. But essentially if a boundary has been continually disrespected and so say if this goes on for even six months or or even a couple of months and you're like, I'm really done, this person's showing me, they're not understanding me, then we can really remove ourselves from those relationships if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I know it can be hard to speak on the topic because it's such a – a broad topic you know there's mm. it could be the sense of it's a neighbor that keeps overstepping a boundary mm. or it could be a family member and family members um tend to be probably the trickiest I think for a lot of people to implement boundaries and recently when I spoke about boundaries over on Instagram I was inundated Libby with people mm. saying please 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 help me with boundaries surrounding in-laws and I I get asked this every time I open up a Q&A like to talk about in-laws and I just instantly go like oh like that's just not something <laughs> that I even like I don't even want to poke that bear I don't even want to go down that <laughs> let's not open that Pandora's box I'm, I'm afraid I am afraid if I start I will never stop <laughs> but let's just say let's just say yes. I have had some experience in boundaries um Mm. not being respected when it comes to that area of life and full disclosure if I could go back and do things differently I would because I guess that you know 26 year old Kylie would come at Mm. things very differently to 33 year old Kylie Mm. but anyway taking that aside because I'm not paying you to um, (laughs) treat treat me today (laughs) but do you have any tips on navigating that minefield, that um, Mm. potentially fraught relationship between women and their in-laws. I, yeah, 100% agree. It is, 
it's a minefield and I think it's worth us talking about because if there's so many of us struggling with this then it's really signaling we need to kind of upskill and get a good understanding of what's happening and how we can look after ourselves in this situation while also maintaining relationships so I think a big part of what plays into this is a lot of what we spoke about earlier of these underpinning beliefs of um you know I need to be the good girl I need to please I don't want to cause a ruckus here and upset anyone um and also the way that in-laws can communicate with us is this sense of sometimes an unspoken expectation um you know, in some respects that we almost need to kind of get in line, so to speak. So Mm. I think it can be a really triggering environment for women where, um, yeah, that self-sacrificing, the absence of adequate self-worth and assertiveness can get really exploited. Um, So I think it's, yeah, it's understanding what's at play there. It's also understanding that for many of us, our families that are that are in-laws they essentially will have like a different culture to what we have grown up in and by culture I don't mean um you know ethnicity and nationality so to speak I just simply mean like that family culture with what they have grown up with 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 the forms of communication absolutely yeah absolutely with what's okay the way that they communicate the level of involvement in each other's lives it's just understanding okay you kind of coming... don't realise how weird your own family is if you're exposed <laughs> to someone else's weirdness, do you? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, not the done thing. Got it. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. It brings brings awareness in, in both directions. So I think it's it's good to firstly just have an understanding where are these people coming from? Like just just for your own peace of mind, okay, this is what they believe to be true. This is what they believe relationships should be like they hold these expectations that they should be able to have this level of involvement or entitlement um you know or influence in my or my children's lives so it's just firstly gathering that understanding um and then I would say I really encourage women to drop the self-sacrificing and the people-pleasing Um, And to really come back to a place of reflection in thinking about what do you value, what's important to you, um, and kind of the cost benefit, again, of having certain boundaries in place. Um, So I can explain that one a bit further if I give an example. I was speaking with a woman the other week and a common one I think for some women is, you know, if your children go to the in-laws, there's excess potentially of sugar or cake. Um, And maybe that doesn't sit well with you. But again, maybe that also signals, you know, offering up that opportunity to reflect on that and go, well, is this something that I need to have a hard and fast, firm boundary with and say, you're not to feed my child anything? Or is it something that I can be a bit more flexible with um, and allow, sure, when they go to grandma's, they have some cookies, not going to kill them. They're not allergic. They're okay. Can I give a bit of flex with that? But are there other um, elements in this relationship where actually I really want firm boundaries in terms of, um, you know, no, I don't appreciate you telling me how I need to parent my children. Mm. Um, So Mm. I think it's firstly that self-reflection of what are some boundaries within those in-law relationships where you can have a bit of flex um, and what are some boundaries where you actually really want to be firm on with I that? Love, I love that example. And I'm just going to interject for a second because yeah. I can so relate to that. And this is with my dad. So not my in-laws, my mm. dad, who there's no chance he'll listen to my podcast. And I would never say anything <laughs> to him that I wouldn't say to his face. But yeah. I do have that pain versus pleasure yes. um, I guess conversation with myself surrounding when the kids stay with him because he is the only grandparent that they ever ask can we have sleepovers at grandpa's yeah. like they they're mad for him and the, there are certain pain points and one of those pain points is the fact that he will let them watch tv as much as they want he'll give them his work ipad and say go for it he mm. will let them have cocoa pops from sun up till sundown um the boys call them <laughs> monkey pops and they love it but they come back completely feral but I let that stuff slide because I think mm. you know what I 
that is part of the fun and magic in my opinion of them going there but then there are things that I'm much firmer on such as you know when the boys were much younger my dad would make comments about that's a girl's toy and so for Mm. me I was like no that's something that that's a boundary yes that I put into place so it is it's having that awareness of there's going to be like a whole myriad of things that probably don't sit 100% well with you but I guess it's choosing your battles and what's really really important yeah that's exactly it and I think a big one that can come up too when it regards our children um and you know, even when we're the most well-educated and aware individuals, um, we can still get a bit tripped up where we might be triggered by our in-laws and go, no, that's wrong. I need to put in place a firm boundary. Um, but it it warrants that reflection, like what you're talking about there with your dad, where we actually need to think about our children in terms of, um, you know, by me putting up a firm boundary here, what is that taking away from them? And by yeah. me allowing more of a flexible boundary here what does that give them so you know I've definitely had ridiculously stupid firm boundaries in the past around my mother-in-law to um, not give my children an ounce of sugar and not serve that up and thankfully um, age and wisdom has caught up with me where I've been able to go well I'm actually getting in the way of my children having positive memories um it being a source of connection for them and at the end of the day if that's happening once a month is it really detrimental to them that's right because on the other side of that that potential pleasure is so much greater than that small pain point of okay the kids are a bit rough that afternoon potentially from ODing on sugar but I guess and not just I guess I know from a lot of people that have reached out on Instagram Sometimes the boundary thing with in-laws runs so much deeper than just control mm, oh, issues yes. with allowing them to care for the kids. It can be, you know, that they feel quite bullied or quite looked down upon mm. by the in-laws or just downright disrespected when they mm. bring up a boundary. How do you suggest we handle that? Like as women, do you think that that's something to go, okay, you know what, that's my partner's parents, so I'm going to let him or her deal with them? Or do you think that there is a time and a place for you to speak up directly to the in-laws? Yeah, I I think it's, yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this, Kylie, because I just think this is unfortunately such a common experience and nothing we're really given the manual on, on how to navigate the relationship. Could you just write one? (laughs) (laughs) Just just kind of (laughs) showing that we kind of need to do a a quick step guide to that, right? But I think it's, yes, such a good question. I think there's definitely elements where, um, you know, sure, there's things that your partner might be able to assert and stand up. But the more women I speak to, and again, if we think about it, logically it's a relationship that exists between you and your in-laws so therefore it's requiring you to assert some boundaries um and I think if if you feel like it's been a long-standing issue if it runs deep if you feel as though you've been disrespected in lots of different ways um that's where we actually want to be firm with boundaries when because I I, I'm sure you can appreciate I've seen it happen for so many women and it's happened for me where um you know your psychological well-being suffering because you're trying to please these other people um you feel energy depleted because you're not honoring your needs in this circumstance um and that's where I think yeah practicing being really clear and assertive with your communication um is really important in a scenario like this because if we're flexing on boundaries that actually need to be firm we're the ones that are going to suffer in that mm. and I, and I would think just, it's worth it <laughs> and I would just potentially add where possible with the clear and the assertiveness to also keep kindness in mind yes of course yes absolutely because I just I just know with so many issues with in-laws it mm. can get nasty very very quickly So I think trying to have a bit of kindness at the forefront as well. And just, as you said earlier in our conversation, empathy for the other person. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of what goes behind people potentially crossing a boundary with us is, you know, more times than not, that person's not out to get us. (laughs) They're not, um, 
yeah, you know, generally it's coming from good intentions and it's not to say, well, we need to accept people's behaviours based on their good intentions. But I think, yes, awareness and empathy goes a long way and including that in your communication to go, look, I can see you really care about the kids or, you know, what worked for you and how you parent your kids is you know really makes a lot of sense and you might be looking at the way that I do it and think that I'm too soft um, or it's not the way that you did it and that's okay so absolutely empathy kindness goes a long way to um, keeping those relationships intact as well and also to education because when we had our conversations mm. surrounding my trescence, I was mm. just sat here with tears in my eyes thinking Oh my gosh, so many of the difficult situations that I had no doubt created myself stemmed from being in the thick of my trescence and not understanding. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, knowledge is power, really. And sometimes um, the more we keep that kindness in our communication with in-laws, it can offer up the opportunities um, to inform them of you and, know what the latest research is telling us which they may just, not know sorry I was just going to also say and with in-laws how important is it to be on the same page as your partner yes this is a really good question um again I think it can be tricky to get on the same page because if you think about your experience of your in-laws is going to be really different to your World's partner's apart. experience with their parents yeah. Um, and it can be hard for them to get the same level of objectivity that you might have. Um, so I think it's important to actually appreciate that you may not ever have, like mirror on mirror, the exact same um, perception of those people and of that relationship. So just acceptance of those differences. But I think you want to have... Um, I think what, what you want to be working towards is that you understand your partner's perspective in terms of going, oh, well, they're your parents. Of course, it's hard for you to see them in this light or, um, you know, you've grown up with this way of communicating. So, of course, that feels normal for you. But then you really want them to be able to extend the same level of empathy and understanding of, oh, of course, this is like a complete culture shock <laughs> because you grew up in a totally different family dynamic. So, yeah, we don't have you don't have to have aligned perceptions of that experience, but you want to be aiming for um, empathy for the other person's experience, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes so much sense. And I think there have been so many amazing takeaways from this conversation that will really, really help our listeners to just sort of sit and think back about the different areas in their own life and when they have felt that need to establish a boundary and also thank you for giving them some tools on how to establish those boundaries I really really appreciate it um before you run do you have <laughs> two minutes to answer a couple of rapid fire questions just get to of know you one which I'm kind of running out of get to know you questions now that you've been on the podcast <laughs> quite a few times but I know that people always love to hear about you as a person so I have, what have I got? One, two, three, four, five super fast questions. Yes, let's do it. Number one, what is the very first thing you do each morning? Oh, the very first thing I do each morning is I probably go do a wee, to be honest. <laughs> Mum life. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the body speaks. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Next, if you could sit next to any celebrity on a long-haul flight, who would it be and why? Mm, great question. Um, well, I will put my male crushes to the side. <laughs> and I would think I would get the most value. I really think if I could um, sit next to the Dalai Lama, I reckon. I think if I could just kind of absorb some of his goodness, that would, that would be amazing. Yes. Great choice, but I'm also not going to let you get away that easy. Who's your number one celebrity male crush then? Oh, it's so funny. Who was the top of your head? (laughs) I think we've actually had these conversations like over DM where you've like educated me on people's names. Marsden. Yes. Because I'm like, he looks all right, but I would have zero idea what his name is. 
Um, so, yes, lucky I'm not in the dating game because I certainly wouldn't be able to remember people's names. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> what is your favourite? can't be bothered meal for the whole family if you get to the end of the day and you're like I just see BF here what are you gonna whip up yes oh I my go-to and thankfully my boys love it is no joke crack a tin of tuna pop that on a plate um and we generally have (laughs) I'm so fancy right it's like opening food for cats or something oh my goodness I'm being completely honest here and um, we would normally have like roasted veggies or rice kind of pre-cooked in the fridge. So do some of that because that's just, yeah, yeah, so easy. Or, you know, even hummus and crackers, that can be a meal. (laughs) I could not agree more. (laughs) Now, friends or Seinfeld? Oh, I I think I'm definitely a friend's. Yes, okay. I'm definitely awesome. friends, as tragic as that might be. No way. I'm with you all the way, girlfriend. <laughs> okay, last but not least, when you're having a bit of a low day, what is one of your go-to power moves to support yourself? Oh, I love that. A go-to power move would probably be, if I combine two, I would say, yeah, fresh air getting out and music can completely like lift my mood straight away. Yes. Yes. I am so with you. And I love it when you share some of your random music list because I am right there with you with the with the eclectic one minute it's Whitney so. Houston, the next minute it's like some sort of super ghetto rap. Yes. Like just embrace it all. So eclectic. So eclectic. You cannot put me in a box. So No. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> now, thank you putting you in a box. Where can people find you on Instagram? Yes, so people can find me on Instagram um, as the women's psychologist. And yeah, that's probably the easiest way to reach out to me. That's where I am. Awesome. I will make sure we pop your tag in the show notes. Um, Again, Libby, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and setting aside an hour of your day today. I really do appreciate it. Oh, absolute pleasure, Kylie. I always enjoy our conversations and I'm really glad we did um, get down to the nitty gritty of those conversations, you know, of having boundaries with in-laws. I think that that's important for all of us to to learn how to navigate it. I have a feeling there are going to be some follow-up questions. Yes. <laughs> I'm sending them it might be the t- It might be the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. <laughs> Well, thank you, and I will chat to you probably in about five minutes. Yeah, (laughs) sounds good. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 